Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm really glad that you joined me tonight. I'm really glad that you're here on this Good Friday. And it may be late at night in some parts of the world, or it may be after Good Friday. It may be Good Saturday. But whatever day it is, I'm glad you're here with me. And tonight's message is entitled, Perfect Love Set Us Free. As you know, that Friday, today, the Friday before Easter, is the day when we celebrate Good Friday. We celebrate and we we reflect upon when Jesus, his, his passion, his, his last moments and hours on earth and his suffering, that is victory. And I was thinking of... of I was reflecting, I've been reflecting a lot about this actually, not just that Good Friday is here, but I've been reflecting a lot on it, thinking about how the king of all creation, God, the Father, he didn't need, he didn't have anybody make him, nobody created him, he's the creator of all. And he's the king of all. And for him to leave his his such a rich, beautiful, awesome kingdom to where the streets are made of gold, the dirt the the, the dirt is is gold. The streets here are gold. You know, gold is expensive. It's valuable, and it's. It can make us rich, but up in heaven, it's what the streets are made of, liquid gold. And just think that that's it, it, that's what dirt the dirt is made out of. You can just think of all the of all the beautiful, the way the beautiful. It's just so so beautiful. In fact, I wasn't thinking about going there, but I'm going to pull it up later about how uh, it talks about in Revelation. And the book of Revelation, how beautiful it's got pearls, the gates of pearl, and and um, how these different jewels are in there. And so, and then it's just so beautiful and so rich. And to think that God of all creation. The King of Kings will leave such a beautiful, rich place. It says in 2 Corinthians 8 9, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye, through his poverty, might be rich. I'm going to say. The crucifixion from the point of view of a medical examiner, and then I'm going to come back with that scripture that I, I want to I want to elaborate on. 
So this is about six minutes and 30 seconds, but it's very powerful. And I just pray the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon you when you listen to it. When you listen to it, just close your eyes and imagine for a moment what it would be like to go through what he went through and just really hear what this medical examiner is saying about the suffering that Jesus went through for you and for me. The suffering that perfect love himself bore for you and I. I'll be right back. It's the most important event in history. What did it feel like? One weekend that split time into before and after. What did it look like if you believe it defines your whole existence? What really happened? But how much do you really know about the cross? Any illustrations I saw of the crucifixion were of a fairly placid uh, Jesus looking down in pity from the cross. This was not a this was not a pretty picture. Dr. Carl McCurdy has studied Jesus' crucifixion and has filled in many scientific details that the Bible leaves out. Jesus allowed himself to suffer, and uh, I couldn't imagine a worse way to die. Jesus said, this is your hour when darkness reigns. Luke 22, 52 and 53. Thursday night, April 6th, 30 AD. Most historians agree this is the date of Jesus' arrest. Pilate had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Mark 15, 15. For prisoners sentenced to crucifixion, the first step was flogging. The Romans used a whip called a flagrum. It was specially designed to rip the skin off a prisoner's back. They had it down to an art. The iron would make bruises, but then these pieces of bone would begin to cut and cut into the skin and the subcutaneous tissue and actually uh, would result in, uh, in lacerations all the way down to the muscle. The, uh, the pain would be uh, intense and unrelenting. The point of the scourging was to bring the victim as close to exhaustion and as close to death as possible before actually taking him to the cross. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. Then they struck him on the head again and again. Matthew 27, 29, and 30. Next, for Jesus, a special punishment. The thorns themselves were most likely several inches long and horribly painful. The face and the scalp have probably the best blood supply of any, uh, you know, any areas of skin on the body. You also have the, some of the most nerves, some of the greatest number of nerves um, in the skin would be on, on the scalp and the face. Uh, again, intense, sharp pain. They seized Simon of Cyrene, put the cross on him, and made him carry it. Luke 23, 26. It weighed between 80 and 110 pounds, and knowing that Jesus could not carry what the Romans called the patibulum gives clues about the beating he'd already suffered. One thing that we see in trauma is that a young person, a person who's in good condition, may be much closer to death than we think from the blood loss. So even though 
Jesus at this point was stumbling and, uh, and, and could remain upright. Um, he was probably very near the edge of, uh, of total circulatory collapse. He went out to the place of the skull, and here they crucified him. John 1917. Crucifixion was a relatively bloodless process. The nails Romans used resembled railroad spikes. There was one pounded through both feet and one hammered through each wrist. The nail or spike through the palm would never hold the weight uh, of a body. But the spike inserted through here would, uh, would get right in the middle of those uh, wrist bones and would, uh, um, would enable the, uh, the body to be suspended by the strength of those, uh, those ligaments. The pain would be like hot liquid. It would be a hot shooting pain back up the arm. It would leave the hand in a claw shape and paralyzed. Death on a cross had little to do with nails. Instead, crucifixion normally meant death by suffocation. The only way you can adequately breathe would be to push up with the impaled feet, pull up with the arms in order to breathe, and then sag down again in exhaustion. And obviously, every time that happened, there was intense pain in the arms. The scourged back would rub against the, uh, uh, the rough wood of the cross. The uh, impaled feet would also have their own nerve pain and, and pain shooting up the legs. Uh, and it would be pure agony to simply take a breath. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Mark 15, 37. Crucifixion often took days, but Jesus died quickly. And as the loud cry suggests, he also died suddenly. A catastrophic terminal event is a pathologist's phrase to mean that something happened all of a sudden to cause death. And my feeling would be that that his scourging was so intense, the blood loss that preceded the uh, crucifixion was so intense that that shortened the uh, length of time uh, of the crucifixion. And in this case, the final event was, uh, was I'm sure, either a, an abnormal heart rhythm or his heart simply stopped. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a new tomb, and they laid Jesus there. John 19, 41 and 42. On April 7, 30 AD, the world turned dark. Jesus is dead. Friday is over. But Sunday is coming. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Hallelujah, and thank you, Jesus. Wow, powerful song and powerful description of what he went through medically, you and me. I found that scripture, Revelation 21, 21, um, was talking about uh, pearls, and then, well, let me just read it from 18 through 23. Now, I warn you, some of these uh, jewels I may not be able to believe, but I shall try. Revelation 21, verse 18. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh topaz, the tenth a chrysoprasus, I told you I might not be able to pronounce them all, the eleventh a jacinth, the twelfth an amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, and it was transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Wow. Just that one talks about gates of pearl and all these jewels and then gold the, the, the gold in it it is just amazing really amazingly rich and I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 8 9 one more time for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. So the king of all creation, the one and only true living God, who needed no one to create him, he left under his glorious kingdom, his throne, to rescue you and I. He, God became Jesus and he became a man to, to come and rescue us, to come and save us from eternal damnation because of the fall of man, because of Adam and Eve and their sin in the garden when they when they when they ate of the forbidden fruit, they ended up they ended up um, cur- everything was cursed and uh, 
they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. And it wasn't so much so um, as to, uh, well, yes, they were being punished, but they had the, the flaming, they had the angels there, the sheriff to prevent them from coming back in because if they were to die, they would have died in, in a in, in a in a uh, bad state there. They would have died in sin and been forever damned. And I was thinking a lot about how God, you know, I was saying God, he became, he became to earth, he became Jesus. So there's a tr- there's there's three three in the Godhead, three in one. There's God the Father, God the Son, who's Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not going to understand it with our finite mind, but that's the way it is. We just accept it, and we don't have to figure it. We're not going to know everything because we, we can't understand everything. But God, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-beautiful all, all and wonderful, came to decide to humble himself and, and come in the form of a man, an, a regular human being, but 100% God, 100% man. So he came and he was born of the Virgin Mary. Fast forwarding um, to when, he, after his ministry, and he's been betrayed by Judas. And when Judas came and, and he, he betrayed him with a he kissed, uh, to, and they came and they took Jesus. And Jesus is said in here on 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In the Amplified it reads, for our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, in and through him we might become endued with viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved and acceptable in right relationship with him by his goodness. If you think about for a moment a holy, pure, and perfect being is God, Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Completely pure and holy, never ever sinned when they when God was in, in heaven and when God was in the form of man would be Jesus. He he never sinned. Jesus was tempted to all points, but was without sin. So he was tempted in all areas that you could think of. But he didn't give in to that temptation. If you think about it, you, you can't, it, it's not a temptation. I mean, if it's not something that you were tempted with, then it's not going to be um, a temptation that you can give in to. So he was tempted, and he could have given in, but he didn't. Praise God that he didn't. I know he was tempted in the wilderness. Thankfully, he was. He was um, when he 
uh, he was baptized. After he was baptized, and the Holy Ghost came upon him, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. So, in the fullness of the Holy Ghost. When you think about a pure, holy person, never sinned, never even knew that kind of horror or that kind of guilt and shame at all. Think about it. When he... When he was... When he was... um, Basically, look at it this way. As I said, you know, he who knew no sin became sin. He put all of that, he allowed all of the sin in the entire world that ever was and ever will be. So past, present, and future sin, he became that. He took it upon himself in his body and his spirit. So if you look at it this way, he became the murderer time he became the murder victim. So he endured the pain and the fear of being a murder victim and the torture and agony, whatever that murder victim went through, he became all that. He felt all that. But then at the same time, he, knew, he felt what it felt like to be the murderer and what it felt like to, to, to do what murderers do. And then at the same time that he's experiencing those things, he became a rapist. But then at that same time, he became the rape victim, what it felt like, the shame, the degrading and then the, the 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 anger and the rage of doing the act. But then, at the same time, he became a terrorist. And he did what terrorists do. And at the same time that he's experiencing all of these things I've mentioned, he became the victim of a terrorist. And he experienced that. And then he became a robber, became the victim of, and knew what it felt like to have things stolen from them. But at the same time, what it felt like and the adrenaline rush and the the inconsideration of, of stealing, all these things, anything you could ever imagine that somebody does to sin, whether it's the act of adultery, whether it's lying, whether it's stealing a cookie, whatever it is, whatever it is, all of that, all at once, came it. He allowed that. I, it, it blew my mind when I thought about how He knew no sin became sin, but at the same time, he became the perpetrator, but he also became the victim of the perpetrator. In Peter 
2.24, it reads, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. It's interesting, in the Amplified Version, it says he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die to exist to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Glory to God. I was looking for one scripture where it is. I may have, I wanted to make sure I had it. I also didn't want to have dead air. (laughs) But, you know, I'm still here and you haven't lost me. I am... Imagine for a moment being in the Garden of Eden. You, you're 100% Nev, you're 100% God, and he's, he's praying and he's asking God that God, if it be possible, that this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He was consecrating his life to the will of God. And he knew what he'd have to endure. So much so that in Luke twenty-two forty-four it reads, "And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground." He had so much anxiety at that moment because. And so much stress because he knew, he knew what was coming. And he prayed to have it be taken away. But then he was also obedient, obedient to the point of death, even death upon a cross. So if you've ever been anxious or maybe you're anxious now, Jesus knows what that feels like. And he knows what that feels like. And as he heard in the song, he traded his crown of glory for a crown of thorns. And you heard the medical examiner say what that, how excruciating that was. But our God, our King chose to trade that crown of glory to set it down crown of thorns because he knew that we could not do it without him he knew that we were we were in sin and we were lost in sin and only Jesus the perfect man the perfect lamb of God that was slain before the very foundation of the earth the perfect perfect one 
without sin, only he could take that upon himself and set us free. Only perfect love could free you and me. Only perfect love, the perfect love that casts out fear, the perfect love that knows no bounds, the perfect love that rejoices and sings over you and dances and and is just so in love with you and wants to spend time with you and wants you to know how precious you are to them. Only perfect love could do that. Now, not only did he have and allowed to come upon him all the sin of the world become the perpetrator and the, the the victim and also every other sin you could ever imagine. He became a Satanist and 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 he experienced what that was like to feel that all these things he became on his body, in his body, all of it. This person who never knew, this holy God, this king, this perfect, pure, blameless king took all of that upon himself. That's how much worth we mean to him. He didn't want to spend eternity without us. He wanted to give us a chance to have everlasting life with him forever and ever in paradise, in that beautiful city I was describing to you of, of jasper and amethyst and emeralds and pearls and liquid streets of gold. And our own mansion. Let's not forget that. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not, you know, if it were not so, I would not say so. That's paraphrased, but Basically, there's he's building. If you have Jesus in your heart and you die in, 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 in right standing, you're going to be in paradise. You're going to have your own mansion. You're going to have your favorite colors and your favorite kinds of things. Wait, that day, oh, you, that mansion is going to be gorgeous. So... Now, with Jesus having, becoming what I've just been talking about, but then, not only did he have to have all of that at the same time, experiencing everything, every kind of sin, and if it, and if it affected somebody, victim, experiencing that at the same time, if that wasn't enough, He allowed on his body at the same time, he allowed every sickness, disease, pain, infirmity, everything, past, present, or future, every disease known to man and those that aren't known, everything that might ever come, things that we might not know about. So he became somebody with full-blown AIDS in the last stages became a person with cancer, cancer in the last stages, 
became he became somebody with crippling arthritis and sickle cell anemia and and anything that you could possibly think of. Every single disease and sickness, the flu, the the crippling diabetes, hearing impairment, whatever from head to toe, brain damage, cerebral palsy, anything you can think of, he he be, he became that. And if in as I read, I'll read it again. One Peter two twenty four. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna look up how in Isaiah. I just have to find find it. Isaiah fifty three five in the King James Version. And we're gonna go but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So the chastisement of our peace, the punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Can you imagine? Those are just a handful of things. And to top it off, before all of this happened, he, he's, he's, he's in the Garden of Eden, and he is sweating drops of blood because he's anxious because he knows what's coming and he prays, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me that as a, nevertheless not my will but your will be done. But then when he's, when he's taken away he's, he's, he's spit upon he's beaten, he's hit and he is his beard is plucked out Plucking pieces of you know parts of his beard out, and then putting the crown of thorns on his head, and then, as if that wasn't enough, excuse me, if that wasn't enough, they 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 whipped him. As you heard on the the medical examiner, him talking about that, they they whipped the they whipped Jesus in such an excruciating way. And then they, they, they tormented him, they, they mocked him, they wrapped him in this this um, this soldier's robe. And uh Matthew twenty seven twenty nine it says, And they twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt down before him to mock him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And John 19.5 says, When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, 
here is the man. Matthew twenty-seven twenty-eight. they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. It wasn't enough to have a crown of thorns on your head and have that robe then be mocked with a scepter and, and, and all of what I just read to you. But that when they finally nailed him to the cross, they stripped him completely naked and he hung there in shame so that you and I never had to be ashamed. He took our pain, he took our sin, our sickness, our disease, our infirmity, and he took our shame. He took it all. Think for just one moment, not too long so that you don't get stuck there, but think for just one moment of something that you've done or a couple of different things that you've done that you shame. And maybe you're experiencing something right now. Maybe you're struggling with something that's bringing you shame. Maybe it's the spirit of lust or pornography, which go hand in hand. Or maybe you're embarrassed about your weight or there's something about you feel ashamed of and perhaps it's not justified, but you feel that shame and your life is shame-based. I've got news for you. You don't have to keep it. You don't have to keep that shame. Don't you know? Jesus already took it. Over 2,000 years ago, he took your shame. So why are you holding on to it? Are you going to take it back from it? Are you going to take back your pain? Are you going to take back your illness and your sickness and your anxiety? You don't have to. Because you, yes, you, are so important to Jesus. He left all his glory humbled himself and came in the form of a man to save you and me. And do you know what? In all of the horrific torture he felt, mind, body, and soul, and, and how hard that was, you gave him door the agony and the torture and the humiliation you gave him strength in Hebrews 12 2 it reads looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. What was that joy set before Jesus when he was nailed to the cross? It was you. 
and it was me. Jesus hung to that cross, and when he might have thought, oh, I don't know if I could just bear this nail and being hammered into my wrist and my 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 feet, and I, I don't know if I can bear one more stripe. He thought about you, and he says, no, no, wait, there's Sam, there's Janina, there's Bill, there's Peter, there's Alexis, there's Deborah, there's John, there is fill in the blank, put your name there, there they are. And then he looked through time and space, and he saw your face and what you're doing right now. He sees what you're doing right now, even if you're by yourself in the room or wherever it is you're at. He sees what you're doing, and he saw the joy, the joy that was set before him. You and I were that joy. You and I were that prize. We were the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And they amplified it. It says, looking away from all that was to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our beliefs and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, that's beautiful. He, meaning Jesus, for the joy of obtaining the prize. He had a joy because we are the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame. I mean, is it as if it's not enough to hang there naked? He's king of all glory, king of everything, holy, pure. He's hanging there naked, but not, not only that humiliation, but the humiliation of passers-by, probably mocking and saying things, and then he's hanging on that cross. Crucifixion is, is, is embarrassing, hanging there for the world to see. When you, you did nothing wrong, you willingly laid down your life. He could have called down 10,000 legions of angels, 10,000 angels. He could have called all heaven and earth to come rescue him chose not to. He laid down his life willingly for you and for me. And if you were the only person in the entire world ever, just you, you still would have come and did everything that he did just for you to make sure that you didn't spend eternity in hell with Satan his devils. Jesus would have done it just for you and he knows what you're going through right now and he's with you strong and he's there in the midst of your pain and loneliness. You don't ever have to be lonely another day in your life. Ever. 
for he is with you always to the end of the earth. He'll never leave you or forsake you, and he'll never leave you comfortless. He's already come to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. He'll never leave you comfortless, but he'll be there always. You just have to call upon his name. He did it for you and he did it for me. And like I said, if there was only one person in the world who would have done it, again, just for them. I mean, he would have done it not again, but he would have done it just for that one person. Perfect love. Perfect, perfect love. I'm quickened to a story that uh, Pastor Alan Halls was sharing, and he was talking about uh, there's these two, there's this man on death row who became pretty good friends with with the uh, with the secu- you know with the prison guard there, and one day you know this man's day of execution is the time for that was pretty much they're all used up. So uh, the guard was walking him to the to the execution place the where to be executed. And apparently, I think this is a video or something, I don't know if it's a movie, I mean a music video or what, but um, they're going and so it shows them and then it shows, I guess, the feet of this person being executed and then as the camera comes back up, it shows the face of the prison guard. <clears throat> he took the place of the prisoner, and the prisoner went free. And that's what Jesus did for you and I, for you and me. That's what he did for us. He placed in anything that you've ever done wrong, anything that you've ever experienced shame for anything that you've been inflicted in your body with. Jesus already took it on this body, on himself. The crown of thorns, our head, we don't have to deal with mental problems or anxiety or headaches or brain damage or brain situations. We don't have to deal with any of that because Jesus took it all, everything. We don't have to, we don't have to sin because Jesus became sin. He knew no sin, but he came, he took that sin so we could be made the righteousness of Christ Jesus. So, we, we don't have to experience sin. We don't have to let it even come close to us. He took it all. He did it all. And it's, it, it, was, it was willingly done with a willing heart after the fall of Adam and Eve, 
Jesus knew he, he planned from the foundation of the earth. He, he, he planned how to bring us back, to give us a chance. And in John 19.34, it speaks of, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. The one who saw it has testified to this, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is telling the truth so that you also may believe. So, Jesus, excuse me, I'll say there's another one here. I was looking to see if there are some comparisons here. But Jesus, he was he was already died, and when you know he said he cried out with a loud voice, and then he said, "It is finished," and he gave up the ghost. But let me backtrack for a second because not only has everything that I've already described is it that were not enough. Because if that were not enough in and of itself, for the first time in all of creation, <clears throat> for the first time in history, Jesus would be separated from from his Father, from God, because as I said, God is holy and pure. And and Jesus, I mean, he was beaten beyond recognition before they even crucified him and, and whipped him. He was beaten and bloody pulp. But it wasn't just because of being beaten and beat up. Yes, that was part of it. But then you're looking at him, you see all the diseases and deformities and sin, and which has an appearance in and of itself. So not only was all of that, but it was the sin, the shame, the disease. But then for the first time, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? His, his father didn't look upon him because he couldn't look at all. He couldn't look at that sin. He's a holy God. The light and darkness don't mix. Holy and pure, holy pure cannot mix with defilement. It's two different streams. It's two different things. For the first time, God was separated, separated from God, His Father. It was felt. He knew what it felt like to be alone, completely alone. Have you ever felt alone? Do you feel alone now? You're not alone. Jesus is right there saying, open your heart to me. You're not alone. Maybe you're in an underground church and you feel alone. Feel that 
you feel that nobody cares. You feel that you're taking all these 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 dangers and and you could be caught and and killed if you're if you're if you're found out. I understand that you could that could be stressful because maybe you meet in a different place every week or every day or however however often it is that you meet. But the thing is, you're meeting there and you're not alone and you don't have to feel alone because you're not. Jesus is there. The Holy Ghost is there with you. He's there with you. So Jesus knew felt like to feel completely alone because there in those few moments that must have felt like eternity he was completely alone completely alone so he knows what it's like to feel alone God, that we don't have to be alone. Like I said, maybe you feel alone. It's just a feeling. It passes. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Because you're not alone. You never will be alone. Not with Jesus. He's always with you. Always. In Ephesians 4, 8, it says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And in the Amplified, it says, Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, he led a train of vanquished foes, and he bestowed gifts upon men. Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You know, he ascended into hell, and he took captivity captive. He preached to those in hell, and he took some of them out. And he took the keys of death and hell. He took the keys from Satan. He didn't go over and fight him for him or or try to talk him out of them. But he walked over and he took him. From him. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55-57, O death, where is thy sting, O great sin? And And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So death has been defeated. Yes, it's a death of sin, but there's also the physical death that's been defeated. Death is a last enemy, and it's been conquered by Jesus. The, the, the difference is, and the question is, when you die, will we spend eternity? Will we spend it with Jesus in heaven forever? And God the Father and the Holy Ghost? Or will you spend it in a lost eternity of damnation and hell where the worm never dies and the flame of fire is never quenched? And there's wailing and weeping and gnashing of teeth and regret and separation from God for eternity. And every negative feeling and thought and and pain that you ever experienced is all there. Where will it be? Where will you spend eternity? Where? What choice will you make? God says, I set before you life and blessing and cursing. Choose life that you may live. I have come that you may have life and have that life abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that you may have life and that life more abundantly. God so loved the world. Put your name in where it says world. God so loved Peter. God so loved John. God so loved Mary. God so loved Deborah. God so loved Celeste. God so loved whoever. Put your name in there. God so loved the world that he, God so loved Deborah that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Through him the world might be saved. He loves you. Jesus loves you and he has the greatest plan for your life. You are so important to him. You're so important that he went through all of that for you and me. But I'm talking about you personally listening to this. He loves you so much that he did all of that for you. That you would have the choice to spend life with him forever in paradise of heaven. That you never have to have a a non-victorious life. That your life is full of, of wondrous things that he wants to have life and life abundantly here on earth. He loves you. 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 Perfect love loves you. Perfect love that died for you loves you. He loves you and you were the joy that was set before him of the prize that helped him endure the cross. Now for going through the airwaves of this radio show ministry that you've given me, this platform, 
I thank you for touching the heart of every listener, no matter their walk in life and no matter their walk with you, how close they are or not close they are. Touch their heart, God. Do a quick work in the heart. Minister to their need and heal their broken heart. Heal their brokenness. Love on them like only you can. And touch them and comfort them like only you can. Do what only you know how to do and what you know how to do best, Holy Spirit. Send, heal broken bodies and hearts and minds and relationships. Touch them, Lord. Make yourself real to them. Do a quick work in their heart. Make yourself so real that they tangibly feel your presence. Do whatever it takes to make yourself real to them, Lord. If you have to visit them in dreams and visions, make yourself real to them now, Lord. For it is their appointed time, their appointed season, and their moment to receive you as their Lord. I thank you for this, Father. I thank you for this, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is calling you, and maybe you've been asking if he's real. Make himself known. My friend, I sense, I see somebody just weeping. I see I see in the spirit, and you're kneeling down, and you're just broken. You, you, you just overcome with the love of God, and you say, Harold, it's horrible. How could God ever forgive me? How could he? Of all the things I've done, and you're just weeping. As I said, he became all of what you ever did. He already took it on his body, in in himself. He became what you already did. He already became that before you did it. So don't you see? He already took it from you. Yes. Yes, you can forgive that. You could not have done anything so horrific that he could never forgive it. Only blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and that's a show in and of itself. Anything else is forgivable. You say, it's too terrible, too terrible. I don't know. I don't know if you could forgive. You already took it. You already came that the worst thing that you ever did, he experienced it as a victim and as a perpetrator. He experienced you doing it. I've already been through all of that. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you can forgive it. No, it's not too big of a thing that you've done. He asked him, I'm talking to you, one is kneeling, maybe kneeling down, or you're just overcome with emotion and tears of love and repentance and, and wanting to say yes, wanting the love, perfect love. I'm telling you, yes, 
It is forgivable. You can and you will be forgiven. Say this right now. Say, Jesus, forgive me of everything that I've ever done wrong. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again from the dead and are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. And I forgive anyone who ever hurt neglected or abused me. It was not my fault. I release them to you. And Jesus, I forgive myself for anybody I ever hurt, neglected, or abused, including myself. Fill me with your peace, your joy, and your love. Amen. And I want to tell you right now, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you today that all, and I mean all of your sins, are forgiven you right now. Always, always remember to run to Jesus, to God, and not from God. Because he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you so much. And he has a great plan for your life. <clears throat> and right now in heaven, they're having a party on your behalf. Because you've come home. Either you rededicated your life or for the first time you've committed to Jesus there. I just feel like there's somebody listening in an underground church and maybe you're the pastor and it's becoming, you're feeling burdened because it's it's taking its toll on you, having to meet in a different place every time that you meet and you want to be the shepherd. You want to do this because you know it's what God's called you to do but you're human and you're becoming tired and weary. I speak life. I speak the life of God into you, a quickening into your body. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It shall quicken and make alive my mortal body. I speak that quickening of the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead because that same spirit lives in you, man of God, woman of God. And so that same spirit that lives in you quickens you. That same spirit that lives in you gives you anything that you need. 
and lives in you. So I speak a quickening and an encouragement and know that your labor in vain is your labor of love for God is never in vain. Be encouraged and know that it will not always be this way. And just be encouraged and and be at peace and shrug the burden off. Jesus already took it a long time ago. And what you're feeling now, Jesus felt when he went on the cross. He felt that he nailed it to the cross. You are not alone. You are not alone. Jesus is with you strong. The Holy Ghost is with you strong. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Ghost is with you strong. Man of God. I feel at peace now. I feel like you're okay. And I feel that the anointing is there and the Holy Spirit is taking care of you. I trust him to take care of you. And I am excited that you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you have any testimonies or questions or comments or prayer requests, you can reach me at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fire talk radio and then the number two. You can also reach me on my Facebook page, Fire Talk Radio. And you can reach me by email at Fire Talk Radio, the number 76 at gmail.com. That's Fire Talk Radio 76 at gmail.com. And you can message me at where I, I told you the blogtalkradio.com you can go on there and there's a little message box and you can click on there and leave me a message or a comment or you know if you have a question or prayer request just know that you are loved 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 God loves you he 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 loves you you're special to him. You're the apple of his eye. When he looks in a crowded room, you're the only one he sees. He's enthralled with your beauty. You mean everything to him. He wants to spend time with you. And he knows what you're going through. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what all of us are going through, what we're thinking before we do. He loves us so much and he loves you so much. He wants to be with you forever in heaven because he has a mansion with your name on it. Beautiful mansion. And you were the joy that was set before him. I just want to tell you that you are loved by God. You are so Loved by him. You mean everything to him. 
as I said earlier, God says before you, life and death, blessings and cursing, choose life that you may live, that you may live. Drop the heavy burden. It's not yours to bear. Cast your cares on God for he cares for you. Be at peace. I speak a blanket, a heavy peace upon you. That you feel light as a feather and saturated with his love and with his peace, joy, and with everything that you need. You know, one thing that is wonderful to have is a baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you have not received baptism of the Holy Ghost, because on the day of Pentecost, when they were all received the baptism, and they all spoke in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. <clears throat> Just repeat this after me. Just repeat this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm asking you to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, when when you, after I pray, I'm going to pray for you in a moment, uh, and then after I pray for you, open your mouth. You have to open your mouth. Just open your mouth and allow whatever it is whatever syllable to come out, but don't speak in your native language, whatever language that is. Don't speak in that language. Speak in the language that comes out of your mouth, and that will be the Holy Spirit coming out of it. It's a heavenly language. So I'm going to pray for you real quick, and then I'm going to start praying tongues with you, and then you start to, to pray it by faith. Open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak through you and fill you. Be stilled now in the name of Jesus, the fire of God. Fire, the fire of God right now, fill you up, be filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There you go, louder, louder, louder. Fire God right now. Go shook Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Keep speaking it, keep speaking it. If you didn't get it right away, that's okay, because there have been testimonies about people going about their daily business, and they got it just like that, because they weren't thinking, they weren't they weren't in their head so much, or maybe it just, it'll happen if it hasn't already. I just want to let you know that I'm glad that you are a part of my listening family, my radio family, my listeners. You're important to me. I pray for you, and I, I, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you listen. 
And I'm glad that you feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I'm glad that you're a part of this family. You are important to me. You mean something to me. And I'm glad that you take the time to be a part of of the of my life. To be a part of this radio life. I don't take that lightly. You're important to me. You mean something. You are loved. I love you. And I'm glad that you're here. And I want you to know that sometimes when I'm just minding my own business, the Lord says somebody from one of your listeners is having this or that problem or needs prayer for this, pray for them. And I do. So the Holy Spirit gives me words of knowledge and I pray for that. So just know that this is not just a show to me. This is not just it's a ministry and you're part of that ministry. God has entrusted you to me during this time anyway. So as I said, I don't take that lightly. I just want to let you know that you are important to me. And I'm glad that you listen and I pray that you keep listening and Whatever you're going through, God knows. If you can never get a hold of somebody on the phone or computer, whatever the case may be, you always have Jesus. Well, you always have the Holy Ghost. It's always there. Always, always there. I think that's about everything that I have on my heart to share. I've had this on my heart for quite some time. It just seems the appropriate time to to share it would be Good Friday. And what the show is aired late. Thing is, is that it was done and I obeyed and it shared. And you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And I'm gonna pray for you real quick. Again. And then I'm gonna gonna close it out with a, a um, short disclaimer and then a a song. Just know that you're special and you're so loved, Father. Right now I come to you once again on behalf of these precious people that you have ordained to to be here right now listening. And I just ask, Father, that you meet them at the point of their need. There's no distance in the realm of the Holy Spirit, God, that your anointing just saturates that place. And your anointing is so heavy and strong and tangible that they feel your presence stronger than they've ever felt before, that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are not alone. They are not alone. They never will be alone because you will never leave them or forsake them ever. And I thank you for protecting them, being about them as a wall of fire. No harm or evil can come close to them. I thank you for your angels encamped about them. I thank you for your angels that you gave charge over them to watch over them concerning all their ways. 
that they'll bear them up in their hands as they dash their foot against the stone. I thank you for that their enemies flee from them seven, seven different ways. And I thank you that you make them invisible to their enemies. And I thank you that if anybody's listening in an underground church, that they're never caught by the by the, the adversary, by the people who don't don't want them doing that. I pray they're never caught. I pray you cause confusion in the camp of the enemy, that you, you confuse the plan of the wicked one. And I cancel the spirit of death against their life. In the name of Jesus, I bind you and I render you harmless. Get away from these precious people in the name of Jesus. You have no authority in their life in the name of Jesus. You have no dominion here. You must flee, wander barren, desert places, searching for rest and finding none. And don't go to anybody on the way there. Just keep on going to the barren places. In the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood in his name and the authority he's given me. I speak it, it is so. I thank you, Father, for giving food and shelter and monetary assistance and direction and rain in its due season. And I cancel the drought. Where there's a drought, I break the drought in the name of Jesus and I call forth for the rain in the name of Jesus. Let it go. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you that you provide for every need according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you that it finished. And when you sprinkled your blood on the heavenly mercy seat, it was and is completion. It is finished. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the day of Pentecost. I thank you for the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And I thank you, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. Thank you for this time together. I give you all glory, honor, and praise. And when this show ends, Father... Holy Spirit, continue to minister them to the point of their need. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, my friends, that's about all the time we have right now. Because I'm not going to talk just for the sake of talking. Because I've said all that there is in my heart. You're in my heart. And I love you. You're important to me. You're important to God. Like I said, if you were the only one in the world, he still would have gone through all of that for you. And more importantly, tell somebody else about Jesus. Lead them to the Lord. Multiply the kingdom of God. You are not alone. You are loved. You're valuable. You're accepted in the beloved. God loves you. I love you. 
And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love. Comments and opinions expressed during Blog Talk Radio commercials and ads do not necessarily reflect that of myself or my Christian beliefs, especially the new ads promoting the consumption of alcohol. <laughs>